Hi, and welcome to Conversations for the Animals. I am Lisa Tynan with Houston Pet Set, and today I am joined by Beth Belanti or Belanti? Um, it could be either. Whichever you prefer. <laughs> with Tito's Handmade Vodka and their Vodka for Dog People program, which we're very excited to learn all about today. Um, I want to start off just by introducing the fact that Tito's Handmade Vodka has been a supporter of Houston Pet Set several times in the past. And in fact, um, y'all supported us during our uh, 2022 Fierce and Fabulous soiree this year and helped us raise well over a million dollars. So thank you so much for to begin for that. Um, we are grateful to have y'all as partners. Uh, so today we're going to learn a little bit about you, Beth, and about what you do and, and what Tito's Handmade Vodka does for the animals. And um, hopefully we'll get some some really good uh, information about animal welfare and about how uh, not just individuals, but corporations and companies can can help support the animals here in Houston. So thank you. Welcome and and introduce yourself. Tell us a little about you. Well, uh, my name is Beth. I'm here at headquarters at Tito's in Austin, Texas, although I am program manager for our Vodka for Dog People program. So I help the entire Team Tito's across the U.S. and beyond uh, activate uh, Vodka for Dog People in their markets to raise more funds for animal nonprofits. That's awesome. So uh, for those who don't know, Tito's is Austin-based, correct? And it is a, it's a local brand for our fellow Texans because, you know, we in Texas love Texas. <laughs> uh, how long has Tito's been around? Well, this happens to be our 25th anniversary year. Oh, so a lot of people think it's a really new company, but it really just was such a, a startup with just a few of us um, that it took it took a while to, to really get it going. Um, but that's been an amazing journey um, over 25 years. So you just said a few of us that have you been around since the beginning? <laughs> uh, tw uh, 20 of the 25 years. Wow. So it was still early enough that um there was just a, a handful of us helping him. That's amazing. Then. So Tito is a person. He sure is. Okay. His name is Tito Beverage with a D. Um, and his background was in um, geophysics and geology. Okay. Uh, he's kind of an inventor MacGyver. And so through a bunch of different job changes, he turned his hobby of flavoring vodka into actually making it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. So you, you've you been with Tito's for quite a while. I'm saying Tito. Am I allowed to abbreviate it with Tito's? Yes, I know. Yes. Okay. just want to make sure I'm following <laughs> the brand standards. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so when you got involved, was there a vodka for dog people already or did you start in another part of it and you've moved over into this arena? Well, it evolved over time with not so much of even a conversation. It was just part of our culture. And then we finally, it got to be so prominent in our culture that we put a name on it. Um, okay. So I have been rescuing <clears throat> animals and dogs my whole life. My parents did the same. So uh, once I started at Tito's, um, the distillery is actually out in a part of Southeast Austin that's very rural. So affordable vet care and spay neuter <clears throat> is hard to come by. And a lot of people just don't have fences around their property. Sure. So there is a stray dog problem. So it's like I just took my life of rescuing and then it just happened to be happening where I worked. And Tito had already been doing a little bit of that because these stray dogs smelled Tito's dog, his original dog from 20 years ago, Dog Joe. He would They would smell her food and come up. And so okay. we thought, well, we've got to help these animals. You know, they were very often in terrible shape. 
So, uh, but back then we were very short on funds as a startup. We were very much in debt. So we relied on uh, a group called Emancipet, who you may know. You know and love, yes. <laughs> yeah, so we could actually, they really helped us out affording to fix up our strays. And uh, so I started to post these dogs on social media after social media was invented. And uh, <laughs> the dogs, like trying to find them homes, and I would just brand them as distillery dogs. So people would be like, oh, I want a Tito's dog. And so people would keep adopting them. And uh, finally, they got so popular. And then the dog culture, and we were bringing our dogs to work. Uh, there are dogs everywhere. Everyone said, okay, it's starting to get more likes than the vodka, so we need to move it over. So we started a microsite called Vodka for Dog People, and we started branding our leashes and bowls and things so that the proceeds could go to Emancipet to pay it forward for them helping okay. us. And so um, as of last week, we're up to 121 rescues so far at the distillery. Just the dogs that have come through physically at your distillery. That's outrageous. That's so many dogs. That's so many dogs. Yes. it's. I mean, it's like, you know, we, there's probably four parts to my job. And a very big part is just trying to get them care quickly. As you right. know, there's a vet shortage and it's hard to get appointments sometimes. So just getting them out of trouble and rounded up. A lot of them are feral. I mean, it's it, every situation is different. And thank goodness we have a lot of support by being vodka for dog people. Yeah. So. so we keep mentioning Tito's for dog people and and understandably it is a program and it, it is designed to help and support um, animal welfare. What In what ways, how, how does Tito's get involved? How does vodka for dog people pay it forward other than, you know, supporting Emancipet directly? Because obviously you supported us, which is phenomenal. And we also support other animal welfare groups. Right. So it started with Emancipet. And then all of our teams out in the in the U.S. said, well, we want to help our local community. And I, at the time, Vodka for Dog People was just my my side love project at Tito's. I was you know, working in several other departments. Like my main thing at Tito's has been marketing. OK, so now I'm like a hybrid of marketing, philanthropy and then helping sales activate Vodka for Dog People in licensed accounts that sell Tito's. So okay. that's also kind of how it works. So eventually they said, okay, Beth, you've got to scale it. Vodka for Dog People is now your job because everybody wants to do it. So we just figured out, you know, we have a very narrow scope of our mission. Not to say that we don't work with rescues. Obviously we do, mm -hmm. but we're very solution-based, which is why we've stuck with Emancipet. They're our legacy partner and spay neuter and affordable wellness and inclusion in okay. animal welfare, which we like to call animal well-being now. Um, those are our, our lanes that we stay in as far as being solution-based. Okay. So we, I mean, and it's not just dogs, by the way, we help donkey, alpaca, bat, wildlife, you name it. I love we help it. Yes, uh, we we just we we help all animals. It's just that dogs are our story, mm -hmm. and we know more about how the um, populations are doing in certain cities and and where where to put what. So okay. um, so that is our main focus is is spay neuter and affordable care and um, so but but we do work in other capacities as well. And so if you know when you when you are looking for groups to support or partner with, you know, is that something where someone reaches out to you and says, hey, we would love support from Tito's. Are you scanning the uh, the field out there and trying to find groups who you think? I do some scanning just because I want to stay on top of who is innovating. Mm -hmm. So I want to know where we should be, do where we can make the most impact through the nonprofits. And we are at about 3,000 or over partnerships. Wow. Or, 
sponsorships basically with nonprofits in, in the whole country right now and, and beyond that as well. So I am looking at that, but the way to submit, if you're an animal group, the way to submit for uh, support from us is to go to titosvodka.com slash dogs, or sorry, that's the dog part. Tito'sVodka.com slash donation. Donation. Got it. It will take you through the steps. And according to where you're located, the um, request will go to that exact team in that in your location. And they will look it over and see, you know, we have a lot of legal kind of um, requirements sure. as a liquor brand in philanthropy. So it's just a case by case basis if we can find a way to help out. That's awesome. I, I was, you know, recently uh, enjoyed visiting the um, Emancipet here in Houston had their actually they had truck pulls at a couple different locations. Yeah. Um, and I, I was pleased to see that y'all had a booth there. So I see outreach is also part of your mission. Yeah. So when you're there at those events, what is it that you are what message are you trying to spread? Well, at events, we're just boosting up the nonprofit. So the things that we're kind of responsible for is just fun mm. <laughs> and trying to shine a light on a nonprofit by being there. But uh, we do, you know, we have all kinds of dog swag that we give away. Um, so we have prizes. Sometimes we have games, we have tastings, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, we have dog photo booths, which you can have, you know, have your dog sit in front of a distillery shack. So they're now a honorary distillery dog. We just it. have fun kind of things like that, that we take um, to nonprofit events and also yappy hours, of course, at dog friendly venues. Awesome. Gotta love a yappy hour. Sometimes just right? that's the only thing you can think about <laughs> right. at the end of a week. It is. So uh, for those who have just popped in or tuning in, this is Conversations for the Animals. I'm Lisa Tynan with Houston Pet Set, and I'm talking with Beth Belanti with Tito's Handmade Vodka and Vodka for Dog People. So when we we spoke a little bit leading up to this conversation, and one of the things you mentioned to me that that stuck out was that you had been kind of eyeing Houston and it was on your radar and it was a, an area that you felt that Tito's could make an impact. What was it about Houston that caught your eye? Well, in the early days, after we got Austin going with Tito's being in stores and, and bars and whatnot, Tito sent me to Houston. Okay. For two years. Oh, wow. He got me a, a, an apartment there um, that I could have my dog at because I didn't go anywhere without her. Sure. And so I was there every two weeks for two years. So there's one thing. So um, I was I'm very familiar with the city. My husband's from there. But another really amazing kind of um, tipping point was that CNN was in town doing a story about Tito and the reporter and I became friends and she said, oh, have you seen Corridor Rescue is up for Hero Dog Award with mm -hmm. CNN? I, she's like, go look at it. And I did. And I was just, again, like overwhelmed by the story and the overpopulation on the streets of Houston. It's, you know, kept me up at night a long, long time. Uh, so that happened. Um, and so I stayed in touch. I got in touch with Corridor help them with some events. This is before vodka. This is back in like 2010. So this okay. is before vodka for dog people was my job. Um, and through them, I met some folks who also started their own nonprofit K911 rescue. And we stayed really close. And then as I evolved with Emancipet, as we grew up together, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, our talks, they're teaching me, they're my mentor of what's going on in the world of, of animals. And so Amy Mills, you know, and I, I said, Houston, we got to get Emancipate to Houston, like, in, you know, that was their plan. So um, 
it was just incredible to watch that happen and see Emancipet grow outside of Austin and go to Houston. And so we're just thrilled with uh, all the different clinics going up there. Um, that's been just a huge long-term goal and it's happening. And then we also just did a, uh, episode of the TV show to the rescue. And we had the TV crew go to Houston with us and we worked with all of the groups I just mentioned, yeah. um, saving street dogs. So Houston is, is just, will always be a priority and we have a local team there, but you know, I just feel like for so long, since the beginning, I've been working on this, my heart has been there, you know, it's everywhere, but you know, Houston is the closest place um, where I saw the biggest problem, the, you know, the suit, the soonest and, and what I'm, and of course, all of South Texas is, is tough too. Sure. And since you have these teams that are kind of all over the country and you're able to see and compare, and I ask this just because we talk about on our podcast and, and on all the conversations that we have that it feels like the problem is worse in Houston than so many other places. But, you know, those of us who are living here, we might be biased because we're confronted with the problem all the time. But from your experience and from your feedback that you're hearing from other teams, is that the case? I mean, are things truly worse here? Is it is it as bad as we feel like it is? I think so. I hate to say that. I mean, we all in the South have a, a bigger problem because it doesn't get cold. Right. Right. Um, so that's why a lot of the reasons the North is different. And so I think Houston's just a really big city and maybe accessibility was tough and affordability way back in the beginning and it just got really out of hand. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're, you know, I think I still feel in my heart, we're all making progress and we're all like yes. coming together, just have, just being able to do this podcast and talk to you and, and hopefully, you know, get more of the word out um, about the South, you know, yeah. and, and what we're up against here and just needing, you know, to get everybody to be able to afford. I think everybody wants to do the right thing. We just have to um, give them the resources to do it. Absolutely. So, you know, here in Houston and South Texas, you said the focus is really solution-based and on spay and neuter. Is it the same across the country for, for your program? Or do you find that different areas of the country have sort of different needs and different focuses that they have to work on? They totally do. You know, there's some places now who are getting the storms. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing natural disaster response for them. You know, in the South, it's spay neuter and, and affordability and accessibility, you know, and up North, you know, they have it a little easier. Although I will say this is the toughest time I've ever seen. And I think that's the pandemic yeah. You know, we there wasn't a lot of spay neuter happening, and I think we're seeing that. We're seeing people evicted, um, losing their homes. So right now is crisis everywhere. So I don't want to downplay that at all. Yeah. Um, but on the east, you know, it just gets cooler. Um, if there is ever any room, you know, on transports, that's usually where they go. Mm -hmm. And of course, they've made transport harder now too through the government. So there's a lot of odds against everything right now. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Did you notice during the pandemic that? you were getting more calls for assistance or has it just been steady since you've started? Um, we, what I noticed, we, we pretty much just studied the work, what was going on every day because mm -hmm. we couldn't be out doing our events. Right. right. So uh, we really focused on food insecurity that became very clear okay. um, that food and pet food insecurity and human food insecurity was rough. So we worked really hard on that. And then just, waiting in the wings for spay neuter, you know, to make sure everybody had what they needed when it got going again. Mm -hmm. Same with transport, you know, like people don't understand transport. 
has to be done right now. It's something we hope we never don't have to do forever. Yep. Uh, but just getting dogs moved <laughs> to where there's room, like everything was harder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we weren't really taken up with being able to leave the house. So we really got to focus on the, on the bigger, big picture things that were going on. So that was an interesting time. And at a time where we actually learned a lot, cause we were just sitting here focusing and worrying and yeah. being like, what can we do? Yeah. It, it was it had so much negative around it, but also I feel like a lot of innovation and a lot of uh, creativity took place because, like you said, people had time to sit and look at the problem from from all angles. Yes. I made connections and that now, like the last year, I've been going out to meet all the people I met on Zoom. Oh, yeah. You know? in person. And it's it's like, it's just felt very profound, like to just connect everyone. And and it really definitely went up a level as far as finding other people with, with like-minded intentions. Yeah. So I, you, you sent me a video that I watched that was really a wonderful video, an interview of, of Tito himself. And, you know, he said, one of the things that he said was basically like, you know, why why focus on one thing? We could help everybody. We have the resources. Let's help everybody. So you have vodka for dog people, which is very specifically for animals and animal welfare. But it sounds like Tito's is just a generally philanthropic group. What other things are, are y'all working on out there? Oh, you name it. Everything. Uh, yeah. So the philanthropy team, like that's a whole bunch of people. And... There's every level of project on that. Um, We have people looking into literal world problems that we can afford to help Mm -hmm. with that maybe aren't getting the eyes on them. So all sorts of uh, research and again, natural disaster response. And I mean, honestly, it's just all over the place. Um, But the the human side is just massive. And, you know, I'm lucky I, I... my passion outside of work is now my passion at work. And so I get to, to focus on the animal stuff, but, um, and, and again, this, the philanthropy was never a conversation. I mean, the first thing about Tito's in his story is that we, you know, we didn't have a a budget or, or marketing to pay and play. We had product, but then Tito's Tito himself just wanted to give back to the community from day one. He just wanted to stay in Austin, be able to afford to live here. So uh, we didn't have these goals. We never imagined all of this. So he, you know, we were always going to a nonprofit event with a case of vodka and we were bartending, you know, back in the day when we were able to, you know, we would, we would just start serving at a party and telling the story. And that's how we got to know everyone in Austin with nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And then we just took that what we were already doing. And then when we actually hired people everywhere, they started doing it too. So all of these things we do, like, you know, we finally were just doing them so much we had to put a name on it, yeah. but it is just the fiber of, of where we started. You know, Tito, we, none of us were in this for the money. It was just such a crazy challenge mm-hmm. <laughs> to get it going and do things differently and to just be a little family and not, you know, a huge corporation. So coming back to animals and coming back to Houston, we the people who listen to this podcast, we have both our audience consists of rescues and our our rescue partners and our granting partners, but also members of our community and just people who love animals in general. And, you know, we always try and, and come away from these conversations with like an action item, something that people can do. So talking to Houstonians or anyone beyond who's listening or watching this podcast, what is a way that someone can get involved with Tito's 
and with vodka for dog people, if they want, because, you know, a lot of times people, you, they won't donate to one group here or there, but you're sort of an umbrella organization. You can affect a lot of different groups at once. So how can someone get involved with Tito's and with vodka for dog people? Well, we are not a foundation, so there's okay. no way to, to, you know, you can support Tito's by drinking Tito's and coming <laughs> to our events and um, and seeing who's featured at our events. Mm -hmm. um, that's one way we you can watch our Instagram at Vodka for Dog People. Um, sometimes we're able to, to show some of the things that we're doing. Um, also, if anyone buys swag on our web store, um, they're able to choose Emancipet as the beneficiary of the proceeds from mm -hmm. that item. And then if you do a little photo shoot with your dog or your cat or your hedgehog, you can send in um, the photo and have it possibly posted to our Instagram. And so that is super, super fun. And, fun. and that's, yes, that's how that works. Um, so I guess it's just kind of staying up to date with us on mm -hmm. our on our Instagram and, and watching for dog friendly accounts or nonprofits posts that we're going to be somewhere with them. Okay, I would say that's the greatest thing. And um, if you're just looking for action items of advice for Houston on, on, I don't know, how I think we can help change things, mm -hmm. um, I would love to see someone in, who maybe it's us do some sort of campaign on encouraging fostering and supporting that more. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot of people that are afraid. And I personally have took a dog off the street of Houston who was pregnant and she is the joy of our life. Her name is Jennifer Joy. And just showing that, like, you know, these street dogs, we've got to get these street dog mothers off yeah. out of the ruins, right? So um, we're also working with Three Little Pities Rescue in Houston. Okay. And we've just helped them purchase some sheds as maternity units for street dogs. So I'd love to see that get supported some more through all the nonprofits willing to do it. Um, taking in a street mama and going through that process was just like my favorite. I, I, I might have my own she shed built so I can keep doing it. <laughs> I love that. No, I, love I think it. that's it. Um, and then also just supporting Emancipet to get these clinics open because, you know, it's endless. We just mm -hmm. need to keep serving people and um, helping empower them yeah. um, to, to afford to take care of their pets. Everyone should have them Absolutely. no matter what. Yeah, that's, you know, you know we had um, Angelita, the, the VP of, of Emancipate Houston here on our podcast. Huge fan. She's, yes. <laughs> she's a, just a, one of my favorite people. And, and we, yeah. we talked a lot about how, um, you know, ex financial hardship should not be a barrier to pet ownership. And that's one of the reasons Houston Pet Set supports groups that are providing low cost. We provide low cost spay neuter. Um, and we, we so encourage people to try and help keep pets in homes if they can, you know, if it's just a matter of they can't afford one vet bill, well, we can help with that, right? Like, why would we want to take a dog out of a happy home and put it in the system when it doesn't have to leave? So, yes, the, when you when you said fostering, oh, my my eyes lit up. We've, we've been talking internally so much about that, about how we're seeing all of these rescues and all of these shelters just filled to the brim and, and they're they're almost panicking because they don't have anywhere for these animals to go and just opening your home for, you know, a weekend, a week, a couple, a couple weeks to get an animal out there can do so much good. And who knows, maybe you'll fall in love with a street mama. <laughs> yeah, I think here. people are just afraid of, of giving them up at the end, mm -hmm. but we've got to help people with that mindset you yes. know, and, and support it and, and, and give all the different sides to that. You know, I love 
having as many as possible. You know, I just want to live long enough to have as many as possible. And, you know, sometimes I get to, to dog sit my fosters after they've gone. And so I just feel like, you know, it's just like having a hundred children, you know, it's like love as much as you can. If we can get people in that mindset where, you know, you've got to think about the dog more, like your pain is, is temporary, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas it's life or death for them. Oh, absolutely. I love how you put that. That's perfect. Well, this has been wonderful. Tito's is and and vodka for dog people is just such a great initiative, such a great partnership to have for for us and so many of the the folks that we work with. So thank you for everything. And I can say you specifically because this is your baby, essentially. So thank you for all that you have done. Um, one more time, I want to remind people, what is the website they can go to if they are interested in um, some partnership and support with Tito's? And this is um, all across the board. Animals are humans. If you're if you're a nonprofit and want to be considered, if you have got an event coming up um, or a campaign or a dire situation, you can go to titosvodka.com slash donation and they will put that there's instructions on how to submit for some support. Excellent. And we're going to put that website on our all our um, podcast description and everything. And then you said the Instagram handle was yes, that's at vodka for dog people. And the website is titosvodka.com slash dogs. And we are about to launch our new Vodka for Dog People video. So be watching for that. And then I also highly recommend the YouTube channel because there's just so many videos about animals and Tito. And um, there's just, you know, how to make, you know, a new kind of Tito's drink. You name it. It's just (laughs) There's something so for everybody. It's <laughs> really far back. So it's really fun to see like how things have evolved. Yeah, that's so cool. And it's it's so nice to hear the perspective of someone who's been with it since the beginning. You know, in animal welfare, we unfortunately see a lot of turnover. It's just the nature of the beast, but it is nice to see, you know, you have been in it since the beginning. And it's obviously obviously something that's very meaningful and important to you. Um, and that shows in in the work that you do, that it is it has touched you and it has touched the team and Tito himself. Um, so thank you for all of of the good that y'all do for the animals and the people <laughs> of Houston and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beth, thank you so much for joining me. This has been Conversations for the Animals. I am Lisa Tynan with Houston Petset. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.